for being here today. This is Estra on Talking About You with Estra, Season 8, Episode 12. Remember, the show is Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you see another site or another uh, time, whether it's 11 or 2, that's wrong. It'll always be 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I appreciate your time and look forward to sharing information, ideas, and comments. It makes us all better people. And remember, I haven't forgot about a new phone number. I'm trying to get one that will remain the same and won't be easily hacked. Okay, so who is listening to you? Today we will continue on our topic, and that's our topic, who is listening to you? Yesterday we reviewed the history of Senator Patty Murray for Washington State uh, because I live in Washington State, but I hope you took a moment to actually go out and do a search on your senator if you live in a different state. Because it doesn't take too much time. You just go out there and do a search engine on if you live in Colorado, Colorado, who is Colorado State Senator, and it'll come up and give it to you. Or Texas, you know, or Hawaii, or Alaska, or New York. Wherever it is that you live, it'll give you who the name is and contact information. And it's always great to start there. So if you haven't done that, take a quick moment and see who your senator is. So today's article, we're going to do a government hotline and review numbers to call and a little bit more about Congress. But before I get started, I want to make sure I give you um, those numbers here. Give you those numbers again because it's very important. Or, or if you're not in Washington State, make sure to just go out and do a search with your state in it. So, actually, Congress is the same number for all of us. Uh, the Congress's number is area code 202-224-3121. The government hotline, uh, in particular for Washington State, is 800-562-6000. So, if you live in Oregon, you could go Oregon government hotline in your search, and it will come up and give you information related to that. Okay, our senator... For Washington State is Senator Patty Murray, and I gave you her phone number of area code 202-224-2621. And if I didn't give you the government hotline for Washington State, it's 800-562-6000. Insurance Commissioner for Washington State, uh, the phone number is 800-562-6900. Again, that number is 800-562-6900. And if you have issues with uh, your claim, be sure to go ahead and give them a call and just identify that you're having a problem with that particular, uh, particularly auto insurance company. But if you live in a different state, it's not Washington State, you just actually go out and say, insurance commissioner for the uh, the state of Nevada or the uh, insurance commissioner for the state of North Dakota. That's the easiest way to do it. And the, when you do that, you should be able to pull up that information. And the last one I'm going to give you is the AIG for Washington State. The phone number is 360-753-6200. Again, if you're looking for the AIG of, let's say, uh, 
what, what state haven't I, I said? Idaho, right? So you would say Idaho's AIG, right? And they'll come up and give you uh, information on who that would be. Or Montana, right? So the key is to know that you do have options available to you for solving concerns or saying great things about people who do things. Fortunately, it can go both ways. So who is listening to you? Do elected officials hear you? Do they help with your concerns? One way to know is what to contact them. So that's what we're spending this week about. We're going to actually go through, discuss it, and then we're going to do it all together. But if you uh, cannot wait and you have something to say, you can also go ahead and start doing those calls. So I want to go back through and say, let's see here. If you're going to give them a call, your senator now, you have something that's very important and you don't want to wait, you just want to say what you've got to say, these are like five things that I always make a suggestion in adding into whatever you're talking about. The first thing would be to introduce yourself, who you are, the name of your city, and your state. Because sometimes you'll get an operator, and that operator needs to transfer you to the staff of your senator. Number two would be to tell them why you are calling. For example, I would say I support insurance civil rights legislation, and that's the reason for my call. Number three, explain what that means. So in my case, I would say it protects policyholders' benefits and settlement. I'd also add I'd like to talk about making them a surveillance target too. But we'll spend a, a, definitely a, a week on that one, I'm sure, in the future. Tell them why it's important to you. Right, it reduces individual and family hardships. That would be what I would say. You can tell them in your case what's going on and why you're calling and why it's important. But more, also, it's important to find out how much the senator knows about your particular issue. Do they follow it? Have a lot of people call them on it? What have they done to help people in the past, or what are they interested in doing in the future? All of those things are very important to know. So I'm glad to go ahead and give you those numbers. It's really important to have. Uh, make sure that you can go ahead and use them. It's it's very important that we communicate with these senators, especially right now. It seems like there's a feels like there's a lot of chaos in our country. And why is that? Is it at the top leadership? Does it go from the leadership down as to how? peaceful and comfortable and safe we feel as a country? Maybe so. Uh, our president was talking today in New York, and I think it's the first time in our history we've been at the, uh, what is it, the nation, what is it called? It's where all the nations come over and we have, a, a, I guess they, I don't know what you call it, spacing out at this moment, but they're all there communicating with each other. and. Trump actually stated that he had done more than any other president in the United States, and unfortunately, they laughed. I mean, it, it was to me, it was really a sad state of affairs. I think that's the first time in our country's history that our president has gone in and been uh, chuckled at by a remark. But that's not the worst of what can happen, being chuckled at. What we need to be concerned about is what's going on in our country, 
what we can do about it, and how to get our voices heard. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is for the hotline is it's called Legislative Information Center, and that's what we have here in uh, Washington State. And like I said, just put your state in there and these, that, these words and see what pops up. I've noticed that Google's been very, very good at being able to bring up whatever it is on a topic that you need. I always prefer to go and use at least two different search engines just because sometimes you'll get more information on one that you may not get on the other. So this first one is this called Legislative Information Center. That's here in Washington State, in case you live in Washington State, because if you do, this this will make it a lot easier for you, too. It says, find your legislator online. So there's an online click that you can do. It'll tell you, uh, you enter, it says, click on the district finder, enter your address. When you enter your address, a list of Washington State representatives and senators will be returned. Just as an FYI, I've also noticed that Facebook has a section now for saying who your representatives are. So if you actually go to Facebook, look at the bottom, you'll see that you can also find them that way. That's an FYI in case you <clears throat> don't feel like putting in all the information to find that. And once you get the information, though, you can either email them, uh, you can talk about the bill that's coming up or that you never see, like the one I'd like to see is insured civil rights legislation. That does protect policyholders and being able to get settlements and benefits, and also to uh, put legislation in there about surveillance targets. And the other thing that really distressed me the other day when I was looking at information on Patty Murray was I didn't see anything going back in her history, not a single thing that had been brought up about insurance companies. And, of course, when I went to visit Olympia and saw the insurance companies, the legislative building, and Social Security, just right there with each other, I thought, well, and I keep saying that, we need a building there for us, the insured, the citizens, because I'm not comfortable at this point in saying they represent us. Who I see they represent are the people who are giving them money, not us. And quite frankly, I have a problem for that. So I hope you will this year go out and vote. Put your, put your ballot right there in who you believe in regardless of who it is, it's time for us to say what we're seeing in our society today is not benefiting the people. So if you want to, to allow this to get worse and worse, then do nothing, and I guarantee you we'll be worse off in the next two or three years or four years than we are today. And also list office, going back to the Legislative Information Center, it says office addresses and phone numbers you can also get. It's nice that I saw in this particular article, because I don't always see it in the other ones. It gives you the toll-free hotline of one, for this is for Washington State, 1-800-562-6000, but the TTY for hearing impaired it gave, which I appreciated. It said 1-800-635-9993. And the reason why I say that is a lot of times people with disabilities are sometimes ignored. Do I think that's done purposely? In many cases, I don't think it's purposely. I think it's just because awareness. If you've not been exposed to people with certain disabilities, you're not aware. And if you're not aware, they tend not to be included. And I hope that we're continuing to move as a society forward 
and inclusiveness for everyone. It really really makes a difference. So if you see a page, they don't have the TTY on there and they're giving um, some information out, like this hotline, be sure to just maybe drop them a note in your state and say, you know, I don't notice that on the other pages and the hearing impaired might actually need to, to see that. So that's really important. It also says that hotline staff will also fulfill requests for bills and other legislative documents and can answer questions about meeting times, places, pending legislation, and the legislative process. And they said that you can get this, the hotline is open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. So that's good. That tells me they really do want to hear from us. It's us being able to be comfortable enough to be able to contact them. By the end of the week, we'll accomplish where you're comfortable enough of getting on your phone, emailing, texting, whatever works, even going there. There's a couple in one of the articles that talks about all the different ways people have contacted their senators and actually get their attention and say, hey, I'm watching. And there's another article today that I really enjoy because it talks about different constituent styles, I'll call it. But I found it was very interesting because I think sometimes we as citizens aren't aware of even how we're processing this or how we're doing things. Uh, And it's important to realize how it's working. It also says that during legislative sessions, which is important to be able to find out, is my senator, is this the time they're in session or are they out of session? Are they back in your local state or are they somewhere else? It's really important. So if they're not in session, it says that the hotline in Washington State is open from 8 a.m. to noon and from 1 to 4.30 Monday through Friday, which to me, if you look at the, the actual amount of time, they're, they're making at least their staff available. For me, I don't know if I would say that you're always able to get a hold of them. I think that for whatever reason, maybe it's a time consideration, that you don't always get heard by your legislator or your senator personally. Another thing I found that was great for Washington State, and I hope they have it in other states too, is they have legislation information center has classes and tutorials, right? So the Legislative Information Center, this is where in Washington State, offers what? Free classes to the public and state agencies on understanding the legislative process and navigating the legislative website. So if you want to know more, you want to get better understanding, and you're in Washington State, you can uh, actually sign up for these classes. But I suspect that there's a lot of states that actually have these classes. And if they're tutorials, who says you can't listen to them from other states? Some of the, some of the actual legislation is going to be similar. Some of it's going to have, a, you know, a few things that aren't there or, or are there. But you can, if you don't have an understanding and your state doesn't have it, don't hesitate don't have to go listen to another state's information. So they have a contact number two. If you want to take classes, you can you can contact them by two in two ways. It's three six zero seven eight six seven five seven three as a phone number, or you can email them at leg.wa.gov. And it says if you're interested in participating participating in classes offered remotely, so that can include other people, other than people other than citizens in Washington State. But these are the classes that are offered. One is the first one they have listed here is Understanding the Legislative Process. Most of these classes are about one hour, and they have handouts. 
and they say the class is an in-depth view of bicameral legislative systems, where it basically saying how it is organized or how a bill comes to law. And then it gives a bit of details, but we don't want to go in there. If you want to, remember, you can always go out and pull up this information online. The second one is navigating the legislative website. And that's also about an hour, and they have some handouts. And it says, this class provides an overview of navigating the legislative website. It includes information on what the new what's new to the website and gives directions on how to, and then it gives you all the things that you can actually uh, uh, navigate. It shows you how to do, which is important to me. Is that in Washington State, they have the RCWs and the WACs, which is the legislative law, so, and it says procedural rules. So in my opinion, if you take this, what is this, maybe three or four hours of your time, you can gain a lot of access about how this works. And then the third one is advanced legislative web use. And it's also about an hour. It has hands out. And it says this class is an in-depth course to use the legislative advanced features, right? So if you go from you take the first three or you take one and you say, I think I'm ready to learn a bit more, this is the class that you need. Now, this is the one I found very interesting, and I'm certainly going to uh, look into this. It says testifying at committee hearings. And why do, does this one stand out to me? It's because usually when we're going to into a committee hearing, it's usually because it's something that involves us and that we really we really have an interest in. And in order to be able to communicate the things that are most important to you, we have to have some knowledge on how this works. So it says this class is an in-depth course on the committee meetings. In addition to the outline below, an overview of the new committee schedules, agendas, and documents are included. So basically, you'll find out when, where, what they're talking about. And it also says, I have to read the, what it talks about because I guess my interest in this is a little more. It says, an overview of the setup of the hearing room, where to find agendas and meeting materials, how to sign in to testify, preview of how a meeting is run and what to expect, and where to find video of meetings. So to me, that's very important. I think if most of us knew a little bit more about how they're functioning, we would be able to actually state our, our opinions a little bit clearer. Okay, and then it talks about class schedule. It talks about signing up for the class. I've given you the phone number, which is 360-786-7573, or the email of support at led.wa. Dot gov, G-O-V. Most of the classes that I see here are on Tuesdays. There's one on Wednesday and one on Thursday. The times are 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 1.30 to 2.30. So if you have an interest in, in those classes, please be sure to sign up. The two tutorials they have kind of run down the same numbers, uh, but it talks about bill tracking, that's how to track specific current bills, email notification of hearings, which is important if you want to attend. It gives you an overview of the GOV delivery, GOV delivery email subscription management system, which if you have a chance, go ahead and sign up for that. It talks about how to read the bill history. I was amazed. I went back and I looked, and some of them went back to the 1700s for, for reading and list, or being able to see what was going on. I thought, well, you'd have to have a lot of time if you're going to go back to the 1700s. 
And it would be nice you could actually see exactly how we've transitioned from where we were to where we are now and if we're even in a better place. Sometimes it's not better. Sometimes things get worse. So that would be interesting in someone's review. And then it also has an RSS for bill tracking and status. So you can sign up for that so you can see where a bill is and and which ones are, are syndicated. So to me, that's really important. And another thing they had at the information, Legislative Information Center is documents and publica- publications. But maybe you want to just take a moment and spend some time reading them yourself. So it says the Legislative Information Center provides legislation, publications, documents, and rosters, as well as many educational, instructional, and historical materials. So you can still find all that information in the same location. Uh, and if you actually go out there and do some of that, please let me know. Uh, hashtag Esther's Radio Show. Or you can actually go out on Talking About You with Esther on Facebook. Because I would hope to find out if this has improved you being able to state what's important to you and your state and if you're getting the communication that you should from your senators. All right, we're finally actually going to go to, I believe we have two articles that we're going to go uh, talk about today. This, the first one, which I really enjoy, is actually from SparkNotes, and it's called Congress Summary. And it, to me, it gives us, gives us a new perspective on how we view ourselves in respect to Congress. And I just found that just so fascinating. It talks about here uh, the functions of Congress. And it says Congress has five main functions, lawmaking, representing the people, performing oversight, helping constituents, and educating the public. I have to say that one more time. Congress has five functions. Take a minute to think, is is the current Congress doing this? Lawmaking, for the people, by the way, representing the people, not that I've seen much of, performing oversight, they're not even thinking about the things Trump does, helping constituents. If they're out there helping you, please let us know because I haven't seen it. And then educating the public. So those are the five things. Lawmaking, representing the people, performing oversight, helping constituents, and educating the people. So we're going to just take it down in each one of those sections here and kind of guide you through this. It says the primary function of Congress is to pass rules that all Americans must obey, a function called lawmaking. My question is, how many laws have they passed that they actually obey? They request us to obey the laws, but are they obeying the laws, or are they just think different, whatever benefits their agendas? So, I just have to stop and ask that question. Congress deals in a huge range of matters from regulating television, who knew, to passing a federal budget to voting on gun control. Really? What have they done with gun control? They act like it doesn't even exist. People keep dying every single day. It's not their family, so do they care? What are they going to do about it? Obviously, they're not doing a lot. But every day in America, somebody is killed with a gun. And all they say is, is a, a, if you have a bad guy with a gun, give a good guy a gun. No. What we need to do is actually figure out why our, our country is, is wigging out. Is it wigging out because they don't have a place to live? Is it wigging out because they're hungry? 
Is it wigging, are they wigging out because they're oppressed? Are they wigging out because they're not getting benefits for their auto insurance? Are they wigging out because their settlements are taking too long? What is causing America to wig out? To me, that's the question. And the other question is, why isn't Congress really doing their job to, to, to resolve these issues? All right, so I don't want to get off on that one too long. You know that's a place I could stay. It says parties, interested groups, and constituents all influence members of Congress in their vote choices. Did you hear that, voters? Did you hear that, citizens? Let me repeat that for you. It says parties, interest groups, and constituents, that's you. That is who you are. You are a constituent to each senator that represents us, okay? It says, and constituents all influence members of Congress in their vote choices. So what is your vote choice? What are you doing with your vote choice? Are you being one of those 40% that didn't even vote and use it? Or are you being some of the others who are just discouraged because oppressive tactics are preventing you or trying to prevent you from voting? If you knew the suffering and the hurt many people have felt just to be able to vote, won't you just face whatever they're trying to stop you from voting with? Don't stop voting. We need your vote. America depends on your vote. Without it, what are we? We're not going to be a democracy if we're not careful. So remember, regardless of what any, anyone does to try to prevent you from voting, don't let them. And the most important thing is whether they're on the local level or the federal level, remember who they are because they usually come up to be voted into. And when their time comes up, kick them to the curb. They're not worth it. Anyone who stops and hurts American citizens from being able to have the rights and privileges given at birth, there's something wrong. All right. It also says in the lawmaking process, it says a common practice is log rolling in which members agree to vote for one another's bills, right? It's almost like you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, right? This 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 kind of back scratching and that's going on in Congress needs to change. What needs to happen in Congress is that they should be voting for what their constituents want, not what they want, not what their lobbyists want. They need to do what's right by their constituents. Why aren't they? I don't know. Some of Kavanaugh, the the judge that's been trying to get appointed to the Supreme Court, watch every vote each one of these senators makes on this. And I don't even know what to say about the majority leader McConnell. I I don't know what uh, Kentucky is seeing in him. What has he done for them? What has he done for the rest of the country other than to, to actually talk about his own personal agenda or the Senate Republicans' agenda. And what has it done for the people? Has Kentucky, where has Congress, he's been in Congress long enough to do amazing things for Kentucky. But has he done it for Kentucky or the lobbyists of Kentucky? What about the people in Kentucky who still need health care? What has he done for them? What has he done to ensure that Medicare is there for everyone who needs it? 
Like Bernie Sanders says, health care is not a privilege. It's, it's, a, it's a right. Everyone should have it. What about education in Kentucky? What about actually changing it so that environmental, the coal, I know that they're used to, to the coal jobs. Every state has things that they're used to having. But we can also grow in every state and incorporate new things and new technology to move us forward. Because you know what? Whether they're telling you or not, China is kicking our butt. And if you don't believe it, go out there and take a look and see what they're doing as a, as a country compared to what we're doing. Compared to compare what they have uh, for their actual source of money to get things moving and see what we're doing here in America. It could be enough to make you cry, or definitely enough to make you sad. And why does that happen? From my perspective, because we didn't have the right leaders in place. We had leaders who had other interests. We had a Republican uh, Senate that refused to even let Obama do some of the right things for the country. Okay, well, let me go on because, you know, I can I can go off in a minute and start talking about a lot of the issues in which we face today. All right, so there's five functions of Congress. Lawmaking, representing the people, performing oversight, helping constituents, which is you, and educating the public. So we're going to look at representing the people. Congress represents the people of the United States. What? Did you know that? Congress represents the people of the United States. Then why don't they do it on a regular basis? Members serve their constituents. Who is that? The people who live in the districts for which they were elected. Who did you elect? The constituents. Who did they elect to Congress? Members serve their constituents. They should be serving you. The people who live in the districts in which they were elected. So you went out to get the Congress. Did they remember you, or did they just stay in Washington, D.C. and don't even come home? Some of them do. What do you need with somebody like that? How do they know how you're faring at home if they don't even come and see? That could be one of the keys to know that they have not a lot of interest in you but their own career. All right, let me go on here. It says, Congress represents the people of the United States. Members serve their constituents, which is you, the people who live in the district from which they were elected. Remember, you elected them. There are three theories of representation or how people choose their representatives, trustee representation, sociological representation, and agency representation. Those kind of get me. Let me read this again because this is really important to know because this is psychological. This is what we're doing on a psychological basis with these senators. And we really need to become aware and awake of how we're making these choices. Okay, so there are three theories of representation. Basically, they're saying there's three ways in which we choose senators on how they're going to represent us. And those three ways are trustee representation, sociological representation, and agency representation. Check it out. Trustee representation. According to the theory of trustee representation, the people choose a representative whose judgment and experience they trust, okay? We see that a lot. We see we vote somebody into Congress. We're proud of maybe the, their first few weeks in Congress. We don't look at it any further. We don't look to see 
what's going on. We just trust them. We just give them blind trust. Blind trust is not something we need to have, in my opinion, people in Congress today. Blind trust will hurt America. We'll end up not being a democracy because some of these people are not doing what they will, they're supposed to be doing. So blind trust to me is a dangerous thing, but that's what trustee representation is. Here, I'm going to read it one more time. According to the theory of trustee representation, the people choose a representative whose judgment and experience they trust. A constituent who views his or her representative as a trustee need not pay close attention to political events. What? You don't know. You elect them. You let them go on and do their thing and you're not paying attention. The constituents likely trust the representative and do not monitor votes too closely. So they could be in Congress voting for all the things you dislike, and you would not even know it. Why? Because you just trusted them. I, I, I saw their ads on TV, which is a bad thing. You need to look at what their records are. I just, you know, thought I would just go ahead and elect them and let them do their thing. Well, their thing may not be your thing. So trustee representation as is for a congressperson, may not be the best thing. Okay, the second one is sociological representation. According to the theory of sociological representation, the people choose a representative whose ethnic, religious, racial, social, or educational background resembles their own because the views of people with similar backgrounds tend to be similar and the representatives will act in ways that suit his or her constituents. What does that say to me? That social representation, sociological representation, says that these, the person I'm sending to Congress gets me. They understand me. In fact, their life appreciate that. And I know when they go to Congress, they're going to vote like I'm going to vote at home. So we're basically in sync. I'm doing the things at home. They're doing the things in Congress. To me, that's probably uh, very interesting to, to process and think on that, because I can understand how that would work. Being a black person in America, I've seen where some of the people that you send to uh, Congress don't necessarily look out for people of color's interests. Now, that's changing a little bit more because there's more people in Congress, not many, but more of them in Congress that are people of color or transgender some people who are out of the norm, in other words, from my perspective, and they're saying, we're going to go there and we're going to fight for justice for these people because I'm one of these people. And that makes, to me, if I had to choose between trustee, which is people who choose a representative whose judgment and experience they trust, versus a sociological representation, the people who choose representatives whose ethnic, religious, racial, social, or economical background resembles their own, I would probably go with number two. But let's take a look at the next one. It's called agency representation, okay? The people choose a representative to carry out their wishes in Congress. If the representatives do not do what the constituents want, the constituents what? Fire, or to my words, kick them to the curb, the member, by electing someone else in the next election. So from my perspective, agency representation is the way to go because you want to monitor and see what these people are doing. Are lobbyists just paying them an arm and a leg and so they're deciding they're not going to do that? I don't know. But what I'm saying, if you're watching and seeing what they're doing, that's the most important part of that. 
Okay, it says, the agencies tend to closely monitor the representatives because they must know what the representative does in order to keep him or her accountable. Isn't that what we need, is accountability in Congress? Lord knows I think so. We do need accountability in Congress because if we don't, they're just going to go ahead and create laws and legislations against the people, not for the people, but against the people. But who are they for? Wall Street. Insurance companies, right? And who endorses it or who keeps it so these things go their way? Law enforcement. Personally, I believe law enforcement has got to change. I think they have to change because they hurt the people almost is, is more than help them at certain times. And why are they doing that? Because they're enforcing the will of people that aren't working for the people. If our Congress, if our local governments were working for the people, then law enforcement would be working for the people because that's where their interest and their motivation would would be, okay? But if it's not, if it's with the lobbyists, right, those who aren't interested in what your needs are, the average person, they don't care. They're, They're maybe thinking many of us are disposable. Who knows? But if we elect people who are, Actually, we could take even a, what is it, the ones who represent the people? Let's see here. If we could take the sociological representation and add it to the agency, we would be doing pretty good. Now, as far as the trustee about judgment and trust, I think that comes after monitoring. I mean, to me, if the senators know or the House of Representatives knows, we're going to be watching what they're doing and what they promise they're going to come closer to be able to do. Uh, what they're supposed to do. But personally, I just love that Spark Notes. Thank you. It's called Congress Summary. I think it's one of the best ones that I've seen about laying out how we think. What do you think? Do you think, where, do, where, does, where does your thought process lie in selecting or electing a governor, and a senator, excuse me, not a governor, gov, gov, governors are local, senators are federal. I mean, you can have a senator locally, I'm not trying to confuse you here. So there are state senators and there's federal senators. Okay, so I want to make sure that we get those that straight. But who would you choose? Would you choose a trustee representation, representation, sociological represent, representation, or agency? And how do you think they would work for us as a country? Or in fact, how they're working for us? I think far too many of us are are still hanging on to the trustee where you just trust them blindly. Blind trust is not a good thing, as I said today, to have. So I hope that you'll consider how you're voting and why you're voting and being able to hold them accountable today. Because to me, if we don't hold them accountable today, I really don't know where we're going to end up. All right. The second article we're going to talk about is from or is with the New Yorker. And it's called, and it was last year, by the way. It was February 26, uh, 2017. And the name of the article is, What Calling Congress Achieves? What's Calling Congress Achieves? In other words, dialing them up, getting in contact. What does it achieve? And it says, it is said to be the most effective way to petition the government, but does it really make, uh, by Catherine Schultz. By the way, so 
Remember, on all the articles, if you get a chance, if you find that you like, like the New Yorker, go ahead and subscribe. They need our support because if we're not supporting them, who will Wall Street? And they're not going to be giving them and allowing them to actually report on things that interest us that much. This is amazing. It said, since the election, constituents have contacted Congress in unprecedented numbers. That means people didn't think Trump was going to be elected. And then once he was elected, people started freaking out. Okay. Of all the liberties guaranteed by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution, the most underrated by far is the one that gives us the right to complain to our elected officials. So are you using that? Are you taking advantage of your First Amendment? I hope so, because we need to talk. We need to say what we think about what's going on in the political process and how it's working for us or working against us or something in between. So we're able to petition the government for a redress of grievances, which, uh, frankly, is probably a very good thing. Okay, so... It says there are a great many ways to petition government. It says the most effective is picking up the phone and calling your congressional representatives, and that's why I've given you the phone numbers. And you can also look out there and get the phone numbers for the other state because it is important to contact them and let them know. Most effective is picking up the phone and calling your congressional representatives. It says you can use voicemail, but they say sometimes that was after Donald Trump was elected, it says from this article that it. Everything was filling up, so many calls. It said voicemails filled up and landlines land lines began blurting out busy signals. Pretty soon, even emails were bounced back. That thwarted and outraged people on Facebook and Twitter to the streets. They were so upset, right, because they couldn't get through. More of us had been calling all the time. You know, they would have had to open up things a little bit more. So people started... Sending faxes, they were determined to and dug up direct contact information from staff members to get a hold of them. I mean, it sounds like people had, when Trump was elected, people were were fearing the worst. And I don't know, time will tell whether they were right. <clears throat> it says Americans vote roughly once every two years, right? Every two years, that's not too much of your time. It's not too much of your time to figure out what's going on, what bills are being addressed in your state or federally. It said that protesters also were actually protesting or they were sending pizzagrams. (laughs) Hello, here's a pizzagram. You get the hint. I mean, how many days do you think they were eating pizza at that time? To me, it's just amazing. The key to actually contacting, why it's so important to contact Congress and your senator or your House of Representatives is that it brings awareness of satisfaction or dissatisfaction with their behavior. It empowers you to recognize we have a choice on who represents us. We don't just have to have anyone in there. We can choose. We can stand. Democracy provides hope for a better country by voting, right? You've got to vote. People have to be represented for the people, of the people, and by the people. You know, that that's really the key from my perspective. So I want to make sure you've got the numbers and you have um, some suggestions on how you contact them, what to do. Because from my, from my perspective, 
Majority Leader McConnell, uh, his comments on Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford have been atrocious. The woman has not even got up, and they've been just being derogatory towards her in every way possible. If you're a woman out there, how do you feel about this, I don't even know what to call it, you know, the Supreme Court nomination fiasco from my perspective? How would you feel if it was you up there and they were treating you like, uh, what did they call that lady, a dog? Who was that they called a dog? And who was it they called her a dog? I think it was Amrosa and I think it was President Trump. And maybe that would account for some of the things that he's been tweeting this week and last week. I don't know. But what I do know is that Bill Cosby was sentenced today to three to ten years in state prison. And that tells you that the Me Too is moving and it's powerful. And women are not going to forget whether what happens with Kavanaugh and how women are being treated in this particular case, whether he gets appointed to the Supreme Court or not, who actually votes him in. And we can go back to that, uh, the representation that we were just talking about. Is it uh, the agency? What is it? What are the three of them? The uh, representing, what is it here? The trustee representation, the psychological, sociological representation, or the agency, right? Which one are you using on these? Because if it's uh, judgment and, and trust of your senator, should you be giving it to them? I would begin to question that. So anyway, we'll see how this goes. Uh, being in prison at 80 years old is probably one of the hardest things some people will probably experience. I don't know what to say about it. I think the whole situation is sad. I don't think people have been aware of what abuse of women has been down the generations. I think some men just took it for granted that they could take advantage of women and not be held accountable. I think today we see that no longer exists. And I'm sure that there's millions and millions and millions of women who have been violated in some way. And they're sitting here watching, seeing exactly what these men are going to do. And that's why I challenge, and I'm so glad more women are running for Congress this year because without the balance of people of all races, genders, whatever the value system is other than derogatory value systems, it's important to have representatives of America. We need to have people in there who really care about people and will respect them regardless of race, creed, or color. So remember to please support either via readership or subscription any of the um, um, any of the articles that you see or listen to during the, the broadcast because it's important because either uh, we will support them or, like I said, Wall Street. So we need to decide how we're going to do that. So what did you think about the issues we talked about today. I hope that you found something interesting and something new. Please uh, send me a a message on hashtag Esther's Radio Show or talking about you uh, with Esther on Facebook. Also, remember that the RSS feed for Esther is out there. It's https blogtalkradio.com 
slash Esther's Radio Show slash podcast. And you can also find it out there on iTunes and other podcasts, but it seems like there's a few more popping up. But what I want to say to you is make sure to do those dialings, email, however stay in contact with your representatives in Congress. It really does matter. So we'll pick up tomorrow on the next set. So enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining me.